Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey everyone, welcome back to another video. Today's video is a little bit different. These are 8 stories that I've narrated that have been animated and brought to life by some very talented animation channels. I'll be sure to leave their channels in the description for you to check out their other animations they've done as well. I really hope you enjoyed this. I also want to add that a lot of these were recorded a really long time ago, so if my narration maybe sounds a bit off or different, that's why. All that being said, I hope you enjoy the video, and remember to always stay Me and my girlfriend were in a city in Texas right off the highway, and we stopped at a tiny little gas station to get some beer and chips and such. For some reason, when we pulled in, I felt the need to say, I actually think I need to come in with you this time, which was really weird because I usually always stay in the car whenever we go places, or if I do get out, I don't ever feel the need to announce it. When we walked in, everything felt normal. We were kind of just laughing and joking around about the half-naked Modelo girl cutout had a super pixelated face. We then started looking at all of the beer and I was being really indecisive, but could tell that we were both getting really sketched out, so I just grabbed two coconut margarita type drinks without even thinking about it and rushed to the counter, thinking that we needed to get out of there really quickly. There was this growing feeling of being watched. It was like pure malice that I haven't felt before. I can't really describe it. There was an old Hispanic man leaning on the ice cream cooler right by the counter and pretty much watching every customer. Everything just felt slow. It's hard to explain. When I put my things on the counter, the man started smiling at us really wide and then started talking in a very strange manner. It was like he was trying to be charming or personable but really just came off as really creepy. Outside the door, I could see a man in a red jacket also just staring through the doors, just watching and waiting. It was pretty obvious now. These men were waiting for us. It's really hard to explain the overwhelming feeling of dread that we had, and I didn't really talk about it until we were driving out of the parking lot. The man in the red jacket was still circling the building and watching us as the car drove off. The city we were in, it has a pretty bad reputation for having a lot of human trafficking victims coming in and out, and I honestly think that they were just waiting to find the perfect victim. I honestly think that if I hadn't gone in with my girlfriend when I did, she probably would have been taken, or maybe they would have taken me from the car. I've never had such an intense looming feeling of doom and paranoia in my life. It seems very mundane, but it was definitely a very close call. We kept discussing it the rest of the night. We're really lucky that we went in together and got out as quick as we could. I mean, who knows what could have happened. The story happened a couple of years ago after a breakup. 
I had a little time to myself and I just wanted to meet new people. Not necessarily to hook up, but just go on dates. Here enters JB. Seems nice enough and we met at the nearest city. We had a pretty good date and I say goodbye. We make some more arrangements to hang out and eventually we end up back at his flat in an area of a city that I knew quite well as I lived there as a student. So I felt pretty confident and comfortable that his flatmates would also be home and that I wouldn't be completely alone with them. We're sitting downstairs watching The Office when his flatmates come home and they're making their meals and then he suggested finishing watching an episode upstairs before I left for the bus. Well, he has the smallest room with a single bed and no chairs. He lays down on the bed and I sit on the end of it. He encourages me to move up and I awkwardly do just that. He says that he can't see so to lie down. So I lie down on the bed pretty uncomfortably but try to think logically and we hadn't even kissed yet so I mean what could really happen? Right at that moment I really wish that I had just left. Without even a cuddle or anything the guy just grabs my arm and then tries to shove my hand down his shorts. Nope. Luckily for me, I was kind of clutching my handbag pretty close-ish, and I just flipped out of the bed into a standing position, throw my bag over me, and then ran downstairs, with him saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Please don't leave. He had no shoes on, and he didn't know that I used to live in the city. I was so out of there and down a different street that we had come down earlier. I was totally freaking out at the bus stop and on the phone trying to get a lift home before he finds me. I finally make it home and no, I never see him again. I never saw him again, but make no mistake, that wasn't the last time I heard from him. He went mighty quiet after I ignored his messages begging for me to meet up with him again. I spied on his Facebook when he did go quiet, just a little curious, and he had just moved in with a girlfriend. I mean, this was mere weeks after the event. Who moves in with someone that quick? Or maybe he was already seeing her. I guess I'll never really know. Cue about six months and nothing. I hadn't been on plenty of fish for a while after that. And then in January, I get a message from him. He split with his girlfriend and he just wants to meet, chat, and have a coffee with me. Being a little bit lonely, I kind of thought about it. I agreed, but I said that we could only meet in public. He agrees. We make plans on that evening and I'm leaving work and he says that he can't make it and that I should just meet him at his place. Nope. I decline and I go straight home. This goes on for a further six months and him badgering and guilting me into saying that I'd meet him at a coffee place and then him changing the plans last minute, then me canceling. This probably sounds like nothing until about June when I'd been messaging my friend who had lived the next town over. Let's call my friend M. M had a really psycho ex-girlfriend that he had told me all about, and M had a very normal name, but it was spelled pretty unusual, at least to me anyway. So one evening, I'm chilling at home, and I get a WhatsApp from a number that I don't recognize, and it's mentioned M and the way that his name is spelled. I obviously freak out, and I then tell M that I think his crazy ex had sent me a message. Unfortunately, I've totally forgotten what the threatening message actually was, just that I was really freaked enough to ask who it was, and I then get a message back. You know. M knows. So M freaks out and I keep getting calls from this number into the early hours and the caller kept hanging up whenever I answered. I suffered from anxiety at the time and the next morning I was a total wreck. 
I went to work and got another slew of random calls. Later that night, I decided to tell my cousin everything that happened, and she called from her phone. Guess whose voicemail she got? Yes, JB. She leaves him a message saying to not contact me ever again, or else the police will be involved. I check his Facebook a little while later, and he's apparently moving back to his home country. Hopefully I'll never meet him again. This probably wasn't the most scary or creepy encounter, but it was really playing on my mind, and it really creeped me out. This happened to me and my friends about 20 years ago. I'm now a 38-year-old female. I live in Tennessee, and we have a place here called Little Egypt. It's basically a swimming hole, and me and my friends have been there like a million times at night. It was the middle of summer, and the country fair was in town. Me and my twin sister and two of our friends had went and hung out like normally teenagers do. We had ran into our mom's stepdad and little sister while we were at the fair, and we had told our mom that we were going to Little Egypt to goof off, as we had done that a lot during the summer. I remember she specifically told me and my twin sister not to go down there that late because, I mean, anything could happen. We were 18 years old at the time, and of course, you don't usually listen to your parents much at that age. So we just told her she was crazy and that nothing would happen to us. We wait till around midnight and we decide to go to the swimming hole. It was me and my friend Lisa in one car, and my twin sister and our friend Heather in another car. Now, when you get to the swimming hole, it's out in the woods, probably about 10 minutes from any civilization and nowhere to turn around unless you go up on the road. We then pull in and we get out of the cars and we're still standing pretty closely to the cars because we hadn't gotten out our flashlights and stuff that we were going to take with us. I start to walk towards the car my twin sister was standing at and all of a sudden we hear some sticks breaking. I then look at my sister and softly said, Did you hear that? She replied back with yes and that maybe it was Lisa messing with us. We then tell Lisa to quit trying to scare us and that it really isn't funny. Lisa then says that she didn't do it, then all of a sudden out of nowhere we hear a lot of sticks breaking. My sister and Heather then jump back into their car and I ran to Lisa's car. We barely managed to jump in her car in time. Now she has automatic seatbelts and that nearly broke my damn shoulder getting in so fast. I don't really know how we got the cars turned around in that little space we had, but when we did so, I kid you not, there was about six guys dressed in black head to toe with masks on that then jumped out of the woods right where we were parked at. They also had baseball bats and they were chasing after us. About three days later, we had decided to go back down there and there was police crime tape all over the place. We also saw some other people there and we asked them what happened. They said some guy got beaten to death about three nights ago, which also happened to be the same exact night that the other six guys had jumped out on us. I'm really thankful that we managed to get away when we did, but my heart really breaks for the guy that lost his life that night. This world really is crazy. When I was in high school, I had a stalker. Here's the story. I was 16 years old and we had met on Facebook. He went to a school nearby and we decided to meet up for a movie. 
we had a really great time together and we actually ended up dating. The first time that he came to my parents' house, he had an anchor monitor on for house arrest and he wouldn't tell anyone why. And since he was a minor, we couldn't find out. Now, my parents obviously didn't allow us to hang out, so we had to hang out at his house or at around town at the YMCA camp. I was rebellious and naive. Things started to get weird when I noticed his family was pretty odd. One day while we were having sex in his bedroom, I saw his father looking through the blinds. I screamed and called him out for it, and his dad ran off. He told me that his dad was into redheads and he just liked to watch us. I went to leave and his mom was doing crack in the kitchen, so yeah, I decided it was time to break up. This is when it got bad. He actually started crying and he told me that he's in cancer treatment and that's why he needs me. That he doesn't have long to live, blah blah blah. I actually believed him and I told him we could be friends. And this is when the stalking began. He switched schools to my high school but he never went to class. He would just stand outside of my classroom looking inside until it was passing period. Whenever I would leave class, he wouldn't address me. He would always just follow about 10 to 15 feet behind me to my next period and just stand outside the classroom again. I was too intimidated to say something to him. He was six foot four and kind of a heavy set guy, so I kind of just let it happen for weeks. It started to progress to where he would follow me home every day. He would get on the same exact bus as me and walk 10 to 15 feet behind me all the way to my house. He would stand outside just staring up at the windows until around the time my parents got home and then he would just leave. I finally had enough and I told him to screw off and leave me alone. I told him that we could no longer be friends or even acquaintances and to just forget about me. However, that only escalated things way further. I started getting about 150 calls a night. Half of them were screaming death threats and in detailed torture methods that he wanted to do to me, and the other half were him singing love songs that he wrote on his guitar. Every time I blocked his number, he seemed to just magically get a new one and leave even more messages. I woke up one day to see that overnight, he'd left me one of those singing, dancing snowmen on my porch. He had stabbed it in the head and the knife was still sticking out. He covered it in his liquid deodorant that I had previously mentioned liking the smell of, and I noticed there was a hole where the little song recording device was. When I pressed the hand, it wasn't the regular Frosty the Snowman that usually played. It was his own voice saying eerily, I'm going to have you forever. I'm never going to let you be. I was absolutely done at this point, and I told my parents, who then contacted the school. They suspended him from school, but he still waited at my bus stop every day and also walked to my home with me. One day he actually ran at me like he was going to tackle me or something. When I tensed up for the impact, he stopped and hugged me. It wasn't a regular hug though. It was like he was trying to crush me. I was 5 foot 1 and about 90 pounds at the time, and he actually ended up cracking one of my ribs. I cried and he started crying too before then running off. He left me a voicemail where he apologized in song. This one night is the night that I'll never forget, and it's actually the sole reason that we got a restraining order and my dad getting a gun. I woke up one evening for no reason. I was just fully awake. I got up to go to my kitchen and go get a glass of water to relax, and in the reflection of my fridge, I saw movement in my backyard. I couldn't really see well because it was so dark outside and so light inside. So I went to the back sliding glass door to get a better look. 
When I got a little closer, I was met with the silhouette of a six foot four man standing just outside the door. My stalker Rex was actually in my backyard under my room at three in the morning. He was just staring at me. I yelled and my parents got up, but he was long gone by the time my dad went outside. There happens to be a patio right outside my bedroom window that goes all the way to the ground, so it's very possible that he could have been on top of the patio looking directly into my bedroom window before. We got a restraining order granted shortly after that, and my stalker ex dropped out of school. I haven't seen him since in person, but every six months he makes a new Facebook and he always tries to friend request me. I just block it and report it every time. Scary stuff. Have you ever heard of that myth that if you wake up in the middle of the night for no reason at all, there's likely something looking at you? Well, maybe it's true. I don't know what he's doing now or where he went, and I really don't care to know. Hey everyone, apologies for the brief interruption on the stories, but I wanted to take a second to thank our sponsor, Best Fiends. I had recently started searching for a puzzle game that could give me a really good challenge. Something that requires more than the same exact strategy round after round. But the more my search went on, the more I wondered if I'd ever even find it. And that's when I came across Best Fiends. The mobile puzzle game that always leaves your brain feeling refreshingly challenged. The game is so challenging, fun, and unique, and it really makes my brain feel like it got a deep tissue massage. Best Fiends is so much more exciting than any of the other matching puzzle games that I've played before. You know, the ones where all you do is smash candy over and over again. It's almost too much fun that I can't stop playing it. Not that that's been a problem though, since Best Fiends literally has thousands of fun puzzles to solve. I'm on level 4 right now, so I've still got a lot more to go. With Best Fiends, there's something new to play every single day, and the collectible characters just keep on coming. I really enjoyed the level 3 battle against the Slug Menace. It was really fun, silly, and challenging, and I had a good time battling that one out. Best Fiends also constantly puts out updates, so there's always going to be something new to explore. Perhaps you're like me and have some doubts about finding a good puzzle game with more to offer. I highly suggest you give Best Fiends a try, but just don't blame me if you can't put it down. Download the 5-star rated puzzle game Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. I've been trying to have more of a social life. I spend most of my days off from work at home and in bed. It's gotten so bad that whenever I attempt to go out, I immediately get overwhelmed and I always have to leave. I've even downloaded a few apps that are strictly for platonic relationships. And because of this interaction, I'll definitely be uninstalling them. It doesn't really take much for me to be friends with someone. I guess I'm really naive and look past any possible red flags if there are any. I met someone that I used to work with in the same building, and we both thought, wow, who would have guessed that we'd cross paths? Then boom, instantly became friends. Let's call him Josh. Josh told me I was pretty during a couple of times during our first interaction. But I brushed it off and I told him that I only wanted a friend, and he seemed to be okay with that. One thing that really stood out to me was how easy it was to talk to him. We talked every day constantly for about a week via Snapchat, and I really enjoyed our conversations. It was enough for me to want to hang out with them. 
Last night, I got out of work a little earlier than expected, so I thought that I'd go to a bar since it was still happy hour. I had a good day and I really wanted a beer. One beer turned into like eight, and the drunken outgoing, not so socially awkward me came out to play. I pulled out my phone and then started looking through my contact list for anyone to invite. I messaged Josh and sure enough, he was down. He requested an Uber and within about 10 minutes, he showed up. The initial meeting was pretty fine. The alcohol flowing through me made it really easy. He wasn't really interested in doing any drinking, so I closed my tab and I had a really brilliant plan. Let's freaking go to Walmart, I exclaimed. I don't really know why I wanted to go to Walmart, I just wanted to do something. Josh happily agreed though, so we walked to Walmart. When we got there, Josh had told me that he had to use the bathroom, so while he did that, I walked around the store waiting for him. A lot of time passed, so I decided to message him and ask what's up. Josh then replied with, I went to the bathroom to jerk off. When I asked him why he told me that and why he told me he had a boner, It was really awkward and he said that he was trying to get rid of it. I don't really know what exactly was going through my head at the time, but I remember muttering, what the hell, to myself, over and over again. Shortly after, he messaged me a bunch asking me to help him, saying that it was because of me, telling me just how much that he really wanted to screw me and how he was really close to coming out of the bathroom and kissing me. Just really gross stuff. I started hyperventilating. My heart literally felt like it was going to jump right out of my chest. My flight or fight mode then kicked in and I just started running out of that Walmart. I ran back to the bar I was at and got another beer. I also told the bartender everything that happened just in case he decided to come back. Then I requested an Uber to go home. I'm sober now and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it all. I actually decided to go back and read our messages and I was way too freaking nice about it. I just kept saying to him that it's okay, I'm just a bit uncomfortable, and also apologizing afterwards. I decided to text Josh about an hour ago. I wanted to let him know that his behavior was not okay, and that I screenshot the messages. He apparently shops pretty frequently at the store that I work at, so I know that I'll eventually have to face him again, and it really sends shivers down my spine. Just great. When I was 13 years old, my mom had a breakdown and she couldn't work for over a year. This caused us some economic issues and we lost a lot of things in our house. Our car was the main problem. It broke down and my mom didn't have enough money to get someone to fix it, so all she could really do was get rid of it. Without a car, we all started taking the bus and train pretty much everywhere. Me and my brother took the bus to school, and our school was actually kind enough to get us taxis to drive us home. One day, about two or three years after my mom's breakdown, I was waiting outside for my taxi to come. The taxi usually comes out about 15 minutes after I end the last lesson, but on that day in particular, it was about 50 minutes late. Then when it finally came, I jumped inside and he drove off. I was a little sour that I had to wait almost an hour, but I didn't really complain since I was really just happy to finally be on my way home. Now, since I took the taxi home pretty much every single day of school, I had started recognizing the drivers. The driver on that day was pretty new. 
I had never seen him before. He had a full beard and an ACDC cap on. The first thing he did after he drove off was apologizing for being so late. I told him it was okay and he started up a conversation. He asked me if I wanted him to put on some music and I said sure. I discovered quite quickly that he actually had the same taste of music as me, so I felt right at home. No real worries at all yet. About a week or so later, I was waiting outside for the taxi. I realized the taxi was then late yet again, and a thought came to my mind that maybe it was that driver. He had become my favorite driver since he had been so friendly and really talkative, but I hadn't really seen him since that one time. And just as quick as that thought came to my mind, the taxi arrived, and surprise, surprise, it was him. I decided to sit at the front this time for some reason, and we started up a new conversation. I remember his phone's notification tone. I thought it was funny, so I laughed a little, and that started up a new conversation about how he found himself to be funnier than most guys out there. He asked me if I agreed, and that's when all of the red flags started going off. However, I decided to shake it off. Everyone says weird things sometimes. It's okay, right? After a bit of talking, he then asked me about my age. Really just viewing it as an innocent question, I then answer him that I had just turned 15. He pulled out a piece of paper as well as a pen, and then he asked me a question. Do you have Snapchat? I kind of got silent for a while. The alarm bells were wailing like crazy, and I just knew this was wrong. He was like 30 years old and I was 15 and he was my taxi driver. Why would I want to talk to my taxi driver on my spare time? I was so scared to turn him down though. I really didn't know what he would do if I turned him down. It's not like he was forcing it on me or that he was trying to be intimidating, but I just didn't trust that it would turn out alright if I turned him down. So I said yes and then I wrote my username on the paper. When I finally came home that afternoon, I felt really guilty about it. It just didn't feel right. I got into the house, got into my room, then sat down on my bed with my phone right in front of me and just stared at it. I was really terrified that he was going to add me and then start talking, but also that I had misspelt my username and that he would probably question me about it the next time he picked me up. And then after about 10 minutes, I got a notification. He added me. He had sent me a hey. I tried pulling myself together and then started chatting with him. Now at first, it was pretty innocent. Then of course, it started getting weird. For everything I said, he would come up with a way to compliment me or try and be flirty. Example. So where do you live? I asked. Since he knew where I lived, I thought it wouldn't really be a big deal to ask where he lived. I live in a small town right outside of yours. Why? Do you want to come visit sometime? He said. What do you do on your spare time? I like to go fishing. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. Oh wow, I've always wanted to try that out. Maybe we can do it together sometime. And then came the creepiest question. I had started catching on what he was after, so I then started to question him about it. Why did you even add me? What? I thought you liked older men. Yeah, it was creepy, and no, I didn't like older men. He had apparently thought that since I liked having a conversation with him, that I liked him or something. So the very next day afterwards, I was absolutely terrified that he was going to pick me up. 
I thought about blocking him or telling him to stop talking to me. But I was only a 15-year-old girl, and he was a big 30-year-old grown man. What if he got mad at me? God knows what he would do to me the next time he picked me up if he was in a sour mood. To my absolute relief, the taxi that picked me up that day was a different driver, and as quick as I got inside, I told him what happened. I had asked him to tell his boss or whatever to maybe reassign him so that I wouldn't have to see him, but luckily the boss was a lot smarter than that. The next day afterwards, the driver had told me that the man was fired and he was never going to drive another taxi for the rest of his life. I really hope that's true. Apparently he had been preying on a lot of other young girls too, but none of them had spoken out about it. I blocked him on Snapchat and I haven't seen or heard from him since. Thank the Lord. This happened about two or three years ago when I was still a minor and in high school. I was walking home alone and I think it was starting to get close to daylight savings. It was around 5 p.m. and it was starting to get dark. I was making my way past downtown since I lived nearby. My high school is in the dead center of downtown, so most people have to either drive or walk through it to get back to the neighborhoods. So as I was walking back, I was minding my own business and started listening to a podcast. I think that I might have been crossing a street or a stoplight when I then laughed at whatever I was listening to, and this weird guy then kind of shoots me a weird look. I ignored it and just kept walking down the street, assuming that he wasn't going to bother me since he seemed to be going in a different direction than me. I was about two blocks down when I see the same guy now jogging up to me, and I was really put off by him since he was some older guy, maybe in his 30s. Hey girl, I just ran a mile to come talk to you. I kind of just rolled my eyes at him and then said, You ran like two blocks. (laughs) I guess I was just exaggerating. Anyways, I just wanted to tell you that you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. How old are you? I'm a minor. Well, this didn't stop him. Oh, so you're younger. I really dig that in a relationship. At this point, I really wanted to tell him to screw off. But there was nobody around since I was on the edges of downtown and it was starting to turn into apartments. I just asked him what he wanted so that I could leave and he asked me for my number. I felt like it was the safest option to give him what he wanted, but instead I punched in my Snapchat. He let me leave after this, and we both went on our ways. At this point, I thought that he would maybe only shoot me about two or three messages and then give up. Not even two hours later, this dude actually messages me about three times asking to take me out to a bar and drink, and I then felt disgust boil up inside of me. I reminded him that I'm a minor and that I couldn't really do that. He continued to say some pretty nasty things to me, telling me I was hot and how he wanted to mess around with me. I was starting to get really pissed off, but instead of blocking his number, I really wanted to give him a piece of my mind. So I told him he was gross and that he shouldn't even be talking to me since I was a minor, and the fact that he was preying on younger girls was really nasty. Then he said, Oh damn, I really love that you're so fiery and sassy. I hope our babies are just like that in the future. You're going to be a really great mother to my kids. Let me pick you up from your high school so we can mess around. My skin ran cold at this remark and I instantly blocked his Snapchat. I never actually told him that I was even in high school or what high school I was going to. 
for a while, I always made sure not to walk that same way home, and I always watched out for him, but I never saw his car again. Thankfully, he left me alone. I'm guessing to go prey on some other young girls. I really just want to warn other young girls of this predatory behavior, and if you think you're in danger or that someone might come on to you, always make sure you have some form of self-defense. If there's no way out of the situation, try to resolve the issue and get out of there as quickly as possible. Before anyone asks me why I have a stranger on my Snapchat in the first place, I'm going to clarify that whenever people add me, whether it's for my Instagram or just quick ad, I always add them back. However, I don't remember adding this guy back. So basically, this started yesterday when me and my cousin just got home from a party around 10pm. We were sitting in my living room for a while, just watching Netflix, and nothing seemed really weird during that time. At one point, I jokingly said to my cousin, Look behind you! Because we really like to mess with each other like that. However, this time she was pretty sure that she actually saw something in the window actually move behind her. Not really thinking anything of it, I just figured she was trying to scare me back, and pretty much just forgot about it. That was until out of nowhere, my dog jumped up, ran to the front door, and then started barking really aggressively. We kept trying to yell at her, trying to get her to stop, but she didn't leave it alone for at least another three minutes. I thought that maybe she could have just heard a noise from the TV or something that scared her. But the movie we were watching had ended like 30 minutes ago, and we were both just sitting in silence on our phones. Keep in mind, all of this happened around 12am. After this happened, I was kind of nervous and pretty confused, but my dog had done this a few times before, so once again, I just tried to ignore it and not really think too much about it. It was now around 1am when me and my cousin decided to go upstairs and start getting ready for bed. I was laying down and on my phone checking out Snapchat when I decided to open Snap Maps. Then I saw it. Someone was at my house with me. I started thinking of all of the different possibilities of who would be that close to me. This guy's name was Sebastian. At this point, I was really confused and starting to get worried because I don't even know a Sebastian. And like I stated at the very beginning of this story, I don't ever even remember adding back a Sebastian. I decided to go back downstairs to check and make sure that all of the doors were locked. In my house, we have an alarm system where every time you open a door, it will chime to let you know. For some reason though, it was unplugged, meaning if any of the doors were being opened, whether it would be the shed door, backyard gate, or just any other door leading to my house, no one in our house would be notified. I had asked my cousin if she was the one that unplugged it, and she didn't even know we had it. I was genuinely worried now, because when I checked the snap map, it said that he was last seen an hour ago. And that very same hour ago was the same exact time when my dog started viciously barking at the front door, for no reason. The more that I thought about everything, the more that it seemed connected, but there was really nothing I could do, as I had already checked downstairs and already locked all of the doors. I actually do have multiple cameras around my house, and I decided I would just check them in the morning because I needed to get the password from my mom anyway. It's currently the afternoon now, and I'm still waiting to check the cameras, but nothing really weird has happened since last night. Although, when I last checked Snap Maps, it said that he was last seen 11 minutes ago and still at my house. I did send him a chat and then said, Who are you? And he just replied back with, Who am I? 
Who are you? So I didn't answer. His Snapchat score is 28,000, so it isn't really likely that this is a fake account. I won't know anything else until I check the cameras, but if I do find anything, I'll definitely insert pictures and screenshots of the chat and snap map if necessary. I'm not really sure what to do because I don't really have any proof that I could bring to the cops. It just really seems like everything is just some weird coincidence, and I'm really creeped out at being at my house now. But like I said, I'll let you know if I find anything. Alright guys, so I have an update. Okay, so today has literally been crazy. Me and my cousin both have been really freaked out. I'll start with last night. Me and my cousin had been hearing some really strange things all night long. I even thought that I heard people talking outside my house around 2am. Also, for everyone that keeps telling me to call the police, we actually did that today. But the reason we didn't do it last night or the night before is because at the time, we thought that we were just being paranoid. That is, until now. Sebastian wasn't on the snap map at all last night, so we both figured that he wouldn't be anywhere near us, and like I said, we were just getting paranoid. However, we were really wrong. We finally got the password to check the cameras, and fortunately, we didn't really find anything from the night before. Then we checked the footage that was from last night around 2am. The camera picked up a figure, and I have multiple pictures you guys can look at. The figure looks white, but I think it was actually all black and the camera inverted it, but I don't really know. Here's some of the photos and screenshots of when I first noticed that he was on the map. Anyway, for those of you who kept telling us to call the police, we did. They came this morning and they checked the footage. They also looked around our house just to make sure that nobody was still lurking around. They said that they would patrol around our neighborhood when it got dark for the next few nights. They made a report on the man trespassing and we gave them as much information as we could, and hopefully they can find him. We both feel a little bit better now, but it's really unnerving to know that somebody was actually lurking around our house last night. Neither one of us can figure out what he was doing or trying to do. He looked like he was just walking around, but like I said, we really have no clue what he wanted. Anyway, Sorry for not updating sooner, but I couldn't get into the camera footage sooner, and I was really just worried and didn't really want to think too much about it. Also, I've been trying to answer your questions. So to all of you that keep telling me to turn off my Snapchat map of myself, well, it was never on. I have no idea how he got my address in the first place, or even if he knew it was my house. And I definitely don't know anyone named Sebastian. This entire ordeal has been very stressful and scary for me, my cousin, and the rest of my family. I'm still very shaken up and really worried that he may return with worse intentions. But I really hope that doesn't happen. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.